I'm Laura. And I'm Sasha. Welcome to our podcast. Portals is a show about the strange experience of being human. We're interested in looking at the ways our particular mammal brains see and interact with the world around us. In Portals, we explore the ways we weave loss into life. We'll be talking together and with guests about four main themes, portals, feelings, loss, and trust. We're glad you're here. Welcome. We'd love to have you come look out at the world with us. So last time we talked about this theme we have for June of the feeling of stuck, being stuck, feeling stuck, and how we wrestle with it. And we use some physical examples and emotional examples as well. And I wanted today to talk a little bit about what happens when you can't get unstuck or the way to get unstuck is beyond your reach. It's bigger than you. What do we do with that kind of stuck feeling? And I think in our world, we all, we're connected in a larger way. We're impacted by global events on an emotional and mental load level, and then kind of relegated to feeling our way and then not knowing what to do with the shaking (laughs) in our hearts and in our bodies and our the chemicals that are released. So I'd, I'd like to spend a little time talking about ways that we might feel stuck or what it's like to just, in a way, carry some stuckness with us. What do we do? What does that look like? Uh, yeah. I'm glad we're talking about this. Like it does feel like a thing. Maybe this is a thing for humans always. I don't know. But sometimes I think about what does it feel like to go ahead and be, you know, it's like, the climate is a mess and humans are a mess. Like there's so many ways that we know about and can see that humans are a mess that don't feel like they're going to go away to me. Maybe they are, but to me on a day-to-day basis, I'm like, "Mm." yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and say this and I don't always feel this way, but sometimes I'm like, yeah, it might be too big of a mess. It might be too big of a mess. And that doesn't mean that I don't love us, Mm -hmm. you know, that I don't love individuals. It doesn't mean that I'm not engaged. It doesn't mean that I'm out of the game. This is sounds very hyperbolic and also a little bit grim, but what is it like to love something while it's dying? You know, yeah. like Ooh. what if this is a mess, but I still love it and I'm still going to do my best to love yeah. it well, to love it as well as I can, even though I think it doesn't seem likely that that is going to turn any kind of a tide. Ooh, that hit me to love something while it's dying. And we're not good at that. I don't know. I'm hoping and thinking other cultures are better at that in general. When I think about people and animals and things we love and loving them as they die, because there's this definite idea in the space I occupy as like a white upper middle class person (laughs) of the kind of stories around me are like, well, we need to live as long as we can. We need to always be improving. We need to always be fixing. And mm-hmm. But what if we are just loving something as it's collapsing in on itself? And we're... <sighs> and our love isn't going to make it stop collapsing. And, but and also, 
this goes back to like what we said in the last episode of like we tether sometimes too much the feeling piece to the action piece mm-hmm. as if it's going to together it's like you like I'm going to put these ingredients on and it's going to bake a remedy <laughs> and it's like no. no how about you just love and bear witness yeah and that's it and I do think that that is a thing that we have got to nor many people it's easier to love something that's growing and becoming beautiful you know mm. like oh mm, gosh and like- it's harder to love something <laughs> yes. that is yes that isn't i mean like i think about it with children and old people children and old people are you know neither is going to carry on obviously with the range of exceptions that there are but there's a lot of similarities they need a lot of physical care. They can be messy. There's not the room for the same degree of witty banter that you might have with someone, and you know. But people are game for it with babies because babies are about to grow into something beautiful. So you're putting your love in, and you're like, oh, mm, I can't wait to see what my love is going to be a part of this beautiful unfolding. But with old people, I've watched people with my mother. I've watched people recoil a little bit. Like I don't want to put my love into something that is actively deteriorating that's actively Hmm. becoming more ugly from our perception from our point of view and Hmm. i don't know that this is what it is but when i watch it when i see the interaction sometimes it's what it looks like it's like i'm afraid that if i love that thing it will somehow infect me or make me less something Hmm. and i think it fits in with this idea of being stuck because it's like we want to invest in things that are just about to become free, you know, like unstuck. But what about the practice of loving something that's about to become more, I don't know, that's that's like inside the stickiness. I think there's something very powerful to that idea. And it's like pinging in me in a lot of different ways, personally, as a parent, and in a lot of other ways. I think what you said about your mom is powerful. And It makes me think about people have said, when you have someone, a loved one who's died, you know, we all want to talk about our loved ones. Mm -hmm. If my mom was living, now my mom, that was a very complicated relationship, but I still am happy to talk about her and talk about funny times or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think it's like, that's just, that door is that's going to be a thing we don't talk about. <laughs> and I know I've heard from other people who've experienced this kind of loss or have lost children mm-hmm. or partners. They think about them all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes me wonder, does it feel good to the person? Is it about what it does to the person who's like inquiring? Or like you say, the person who's like engaging with your mom, but not really. It's like, mm-hmm. what are we getting from it? How can we be more present with that. What are we trying to get? Like, there are a lot of people for whom I would ask about their family. And I might instinctively feel like I should avoid asking about someone who's experienced Mm -hmm. loss, even being involved in the grief house and knowing what I know about loss. Is it because it's awkward for me? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Like, is it, are you helping them? Are you helping you? Am I helping them? Because I want this to be brought up for them. Mm -hmm. Am I trying to be kind? Or is it like an investment in something that is not growing. There's not a future. There's not like, oh, what's the next thing? It's like, Mm -hmm. well, there isn't a next thing. This Mm -hmm. was it. Or Mm -hmm. this is the end. Mm -hmm. 
But we do yeah. have a fixation on the things that are growing, the things that are, there's a graduation, there's a this, there's a that, there's a future, there's a, a blossoming. And it's just mm-hmm. this fanfare around that. Mm-hmm. We just want to ignore, not really see, not really think about or talk about. Yeah. And I feel like it comes up for me in small ways and bigger ways. Like when I think about the big things, you know, like gun violence and all kinds of horrifying social injustice and Mm -hmm. the way that we live on this planet. And when I tried to think about how to engage with that, it feels like there's a like, I'll write a letter, I'll, I'll sign a petition, I'll march in a thing. And like, there's some vibration of growth in those things and Mm -hmm. then it'll be better. And I am not like, let's sign petitions and march in the things. And um, absolutely. Absolutely. And also, I'm also interested in offering some space for a conversation about doing things like watering the old lady's plants next door, which is not going to do anything for Mm -hmm. gun violence. But where is the space for us to just love, like the world isn't ending? Do you know what I mean? Like to just be like, you know what I'm going to do? I want to do all of that, but also I'm going to settle down. I'm going to recognize that there is some horrifying shit Mm. and I'm not doing everything that I can do, but can I do some of the things I can do? Like, does that mean like, how do we live? Do you know what I mean? Like, how do I live given that I'm not going to fix everything or anything? Yeah. How do I still try? What does it look like to still Mm-hmm. to be like, yeah. Right. It makes me think about our conversation before about being stuck and how giving yourself some time in between like feeling like I'm stuck <laughs> and this is bad. This is bad. Like, yeah. oh shit. Yeah. Our system is completely built on patriarchal, racist, class stratification. It is a mess and it is privileging certain people and it's giving rights to people who are, you know, abusing them. We could go on and on, Mm -hmm. right? But I think I spent like maybe, (laughs) maybe a decade or more of my life as an adult in that reactive mode to that of Mm -hmm. panic. Mm Mm-hmm. Metaphorically speaking, like Mm -hmm. if we want to talk about being stuck in your shirt, like Mm -hmm. I was stuck and like flailing around or forcing my way through in a particular way for me, education, Mm -hmm. (laughs) policy, like let's just get through Mm -hmm. and fix this thing. And I'm not saying it was bad. I think that that's important work. And it's still a problem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's still a problem. And it's not like I didn't work hard enough to fix it. It's bigger than me and I'm trying what I can, but maybe my efforts are better being a kind neighbor. Maybe they're better for me, like working quietly in the places I'm working. Like we talked about elk in a prior Mm -hmm. episode and about like how to rewild. And I think Mm -hmm. about this and how I think we sometimes our brains get stuck and are trained actually, I think Mm -hmm. to think of this is the path. So to unlearn mm-hmm. that, we have to think, oh, there's lots of ways to get to this watering hole. Mm-hmm. And actually, if we all come at it, you know, I'm baking something for my neighbor down the street and you're helping cut the grass for your neighbors. I'm going to just use cutting the grass now because that was a theme last time. <laughs> Could have cut the grass every day. But like if we are tending 
in the little ways we can see. Mm-hmm. I don't know what will come of it, but at least right now, there's a little bit of attention and love in the midst of also feeling stuck in this mess. Right. Like that is, that feels right. That feels like what would happen if we could make enough space, like create spaciousness that allows us to get quiet enough to feel what it is we can do. Like, and I think in an unaired episode, we talked a little bit about all of the ways of offering yourself to the world that we don't mm-hmm. know about because they're not identified anymore right. by yeah. our society, you know? Yeah, like, like our high school counselors. <laughs> right. We're they're like, you know like, what you should do? Perhaps you're a death eater. You know, <laughs> there like, you go. have you thought of pursuing a career <laughs> in death as, eating? <laughs> yeah. Like, because these things are no longer jobs that are like part of the system of commerce. Mm-hmm. They're no longer things that we search into ourselves to see if we have, mm-hmm. you know, like no one's like, oh, you might be a witch. Let me help you see if that's a thing that you are. Right. Is there a benefit in figuring out some way to create enough space for people, for individuals to feel what their particular gift is? In addition to the solutions that we have offered to us by the political, the current political mm-hmm. system. And, right, right. Um, and activists and mm-hmm. social justice movements and like, right. In addition to that, in addition, how do we create space? For me, it's felt really important and feels really important to have space to feel how I can love it. Like what my job is, what my love job is inside of this thing that scares me so much, you know? Your love and job. I don't know. I don't know if that's just, I don't think that's just me. No. I mean, I think now more than ever, people are, I mean, after these last couple of years of pandemic, and if there was any doubt for anyone who's paying attention that we have issues regarding race in this country and among other things, gun violence and whatnot, climate change, Mm -hmm. you have to want to not see it. (laughs) You have to be like trying really hard not to notice this so yeah, let me tell you a little story. So when I was a kid, you know, of a single mom who really struggled, I see now at the time I didn't, I just thought she was different <laughs> than other moms. Mm-hmm. And the difference was alternately terrifying and amazing, mm-hmm. like powerful. She was just like larger than life. But I learned how to calibrate according to her and I would try to make things go smoothly. So I knew where her keys were at all times. I Mm -hmm. knew how to resolve small issues. Mm -hmm. And it made our life just, and I was a fixer. And I would Mm like, ah, it's a problem I'm anticipating or I see resolved, you know, Mm -hmm. and I got really good at it. And then I was like, I'm a fixer. Like I should grow up and just fix stuff. And I'm like, came, I'm like, ah, look at this world, the, uh, you know, I've grown up into. And I'm like, it is a shit show. Mm -hmm. There's so much to fix. Uh And now in my mid-40s, I'm like, I could spend every waking moment working to fix and maybe do more harm, actually, than good just because of the stuck tangle. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I might Mm -hmm. hurt myself, Mm -hmm. those I love who I'm close to, by Mm -hmm. grabbing hold like Mm -hmm. the dog with the bone and being like, I will not let this go. And I'm not saying that's true for everyone, but for me... I think occupying my space, affecting the people around me, reaching the people that I do, 
and the creatures I do with love and compassion and kindness and generosity and being willing to bear witness to hard stuff. That's, I think, what I can do. But there's a letting go of the outcome and saying, I might be watching it crater and fall apart. And I'm going to still show up with love. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that is a hard one to advertise. Like it's hard to get takers (laughs) for that. Come and learn how to love a thing, even though it's not going to make a difference, you know, like big picture, you know, but like, let's do it anyway. You're alive for this little minute or like who wants to let's, we don't all have to, but like, does anybody want to? Over here in this corner, I'm going to be trying to love stuff with my whole self, even though it's all like, because the thing is, regardless of what happens, large scale, I know how my story ends. I mean, I definitely die. So there's that part too. There's the part that's like, I would like to practice loving stuff as much as I can, given that I die and everything I love dies. I mean, that's the one given. That's yeah. the one given and the one thing we're really uncomfortable to say. Yeah. No matter what, no matter what, I die and everything I love dies. And mm-hmm. in many cases, uncomfortably, like I think it is very unlikely that any of my loved ones are going to ascend into heaven, you know, like the Virgin Mary. Like once I realized I couldn't get rid of death, mm-hmm. like my next best option was like ascension. That seems nice, but it only happened that one time, as far as I know. And so it seems so it seems like, like a long shot. Seems like a long shot. Yeah. So now what's left is how do I do this? How do I gather my strength so that I can love things even though I'm we're not getting out of it? We're not getting out of this alive. We're not. We're yeah. not. And and the whole parenting paradigm, maybe fifteen years ago, twenty years ago, before I became a parent was like we just want you to be happy. We just want you to be happy. And that actually became problematic. It's like, I'm not happy. So I'm a failure. (laughs) I don't know. How do I just become happy? Like, I don't know how to make that happen. And I feel like things might not be going in the direction. Like things are maybe getting worse. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What now? Mm-hmm. And can we still show up yeah. with love and yeah. be present, even if like your kid isn't happy, even yeah. if the climate is a mess? I think that the worry as I say that, as the words come out of my mouth, is that it makes it seem like I don't care about the issues or that I'm not, wouldn't be voting in accordance with trying to hold on yeah. to some hope. But there's an investment of time and energy towards solving the problem. I think that a lot of that energy that at least I was embodying, and I know some people in my world also, is actually unhealthy to them and actually to the world in a different kind of way. Because we're just clawing, 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 fighting. Even if it's to make a better change, we're still using the same tools. And it's this whole thing, I'm going to butcher the quote. But it's like you can't dismantle the house of the master with the tools from the master. I forget mm-hmm. that the actual quote, and I'm butchering yeah. it terribly. But I do think there's something about like our practice is all wrong. <laughs> and I think there's some sort of larger systemic embodied change that's happening with some people, like the elk. It's happening in little whispery places along 
the riverbed. And there's something to showing up for that. Yeah. And it feels like it loops back to that whole panic thing that I think the idea of getting out, the way a lot of the political conversation gets framed Mm. is really hinges around the notion that we could get out, that if we could just defeat that other thing, we could get out. Like on both sides, I think the conversation is about you're trapped because of this. And if you could get rid of this, then you could be free. It's all very polarizing. It's and, all it's, very polarizing. and it splits it to be the swing or seesaw. Mm-hmm. And it makes it hard to have spaciousness for another way. It makes the most of that chemical surge of that oh, like, yeah. can't panic surge. And I think that on some level, and I think on some level intentionally, like I oh, think on, on some level, it's an incapacitator. It is. For, for many, many people, not for everybody, but definitely for me, like it ends up making me less engaged in my actual life. Yeah. In the same way that I get myself disengaged from my actual life when I'm tangled, like on the last episode when we were talking about my particular kind of emotional entanglement where I get panicked because I'm like, is it this path or is it this path? Or is like, there's a path yeah. and there has to be a path. And it feels to me like there's a way in which I want to allow that that's a thing that is functional for some people and that that's a part of the way this is built and that that's going to be ongoing. And that I'm glad that there are people who are engaged in it, who are devoted and thoughtful. And I'm very grateful for that and interested in supporting that with my vote and with my money, you know? Yeah. And for me, the the work feels better when the work is about accepting because right, exactly what you're saying. Like there's something about saying, I'm going to just accept that this might not get fixed. That makes it sound like I'm condoning the mess or like Mm -hmm. I might just eat potato chips and watch a lot of Netflix for the rest of my life. And for me, that isn't what it feels like to me. It actually feels like allowing that it might not get fixed. Like in the previous episode, it's like, that's the moment where I'm like, I'm going to lay in my bed inside my shirt and be like, oh dear. Yeah. I'm stuck in my shirt. Exactly. And and that, yeah. what can I do from inside the shirt? (laughs) You know? Right. Because I'm here. What kind of and, human and there's still life to be lived, mm-hmm. and there's other feelings to be had also yep. Yep. simultaneously with yep. being like I'm stuck in this shirt. Yep, and, and if, I'm gonna yeah. And how do I stand up and move around and engage in my life in this way from this position? Yeah, and it's I feel a like that's a lovely thing about this project that I feel really grateful for, like the idea of offering this, you know, not as a alternative, offering this in addition, being like, we're curious about this. We're curious about adding this option for anyone who's curious about this option. It makes me think something that I hear more and more these days, and we've talked about before, but the both and. It's not either or. It's a both Mm -hmm. and, and it's accepting and not panicking is not endorsing. Right. But meanwhile, there are meals to be made. There are people to hug. There are Mm -hmm. pets to take care of. Mm -hmm. And these things are real too. Mm -hmm. And sometimes barking right at you Mm -hmm. (laughs) or curling up at your feet and making themselves known. And it's okay to notice that. And it's okay to have your needs also. Well, this was helpful. I appreciate. Talking about the tingle that is recognizing where we are in the world. Yeah. It's something that's on my mind a lot. Yeah. And when I realized we were going to talk about 
feelings and feeling stuck. It's one where I don't think I at first thought of it because I was like, no, that's action. That's anger. But I'm like, there's also an element of feeling like, how do I proceed with cooking a nice meal for my family? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm in the middle of processing and sitting with these huge hard feelings and uh, I feel stuck and, and that's, that's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it's okay. It's surprising how helpful it is to have it be acknowledged as okay. Right. <laughs> really helpful to just be like, is it okay? Like, it's okay. It's okay. Of course. Then, it's a lot. It's a whole lot. It's a whole mm-hmm. lot. We're all trying to hold attend to and take care of and make better. And sometimes we just need to bear witness to it getting worse. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's okay too. And and it can be getting worse and and getting better. In different ways. Yeah, In different ways. Like it can be like one of my friends comes over to my mom's house every Sunday with food. She makes her dinner and brings it over and gives it Mm. to her and talks to her. And like, that's not making the world better. And yet it's a huge thing. It is. It's a huge thing for her. It's a huge thing for me. I personally am so grateful that she's able to allow things to be tangled in a way that doesn't require her to still be able to cook. You know, like (laughs) it makes a really big difference to me and to my mother that she's able to set it aside or not even set it aside, but just turn toward this other thing. Yeah. I think that that's. I would argue that that does make the world a better place. Like, it just makes me glad knowing that that's happening. I think we are too siloed off in our little households too much. Like, oh, but, you know, now I'm depending upon and, oh, this person's doing me this favor. But it's like, it feels so good and freeing. It's like that spaciousness again of like, hey, I have more I can give to you. Mm-hmm. I need something over here. Mm-hmm. And I think the more we open those channels, like it's like the healthier, like the blood flow or something. Mm-hmm. Like I think the energy flow is better. I have a hard time asking for help. I'm one of those people and I am working on that myself because I think I was like, yeah, I'm just going to take care of everything. Mm-hmm. And that is also that stuck. Like mm-hmm. I'm just going to hold my breath until I get through. And it's like, mm. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's perfect. It's like blood flow. It's like capillaries opening. Yeah. So even if it doesn't affect me, except that I know that this is happening, like I'm glad it's happening. <laughs> I'm glad for it. And yep. that yeah, somewhere someone that is thinking of your mom on Sundays as they're planning to cook and bring food over. Like that's lovely. It's lovely. Aww. It's tiny. It's like nothing at all. And it's huge and lovely. And I think I'm going to, be mindful of the tiny, lovely things. Yeah. Tiny, and lovely things. Make some space and pay attention to them. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Laura. Thank you. This is lovely really nice. and hard and all the things. Thank you to Parsa Shahanpour for his original scoring. If you would like to learn more about the work we do at the Portland Grief House, you can check us out at griefhouse.org and find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you have a comment, question, or potential guest you'd like us to consider for a future episode, please reach out to us by email at info at griefhouse.org. Thanks so much for being here. See you next time.